As y'all can tell, Pastor Dell is not here with us this morning, but he did not leave us without somebody who can bring forth the word. Amen? Amen. This person I would not call a guest. Like I wouldn't call my mom a guest or my brother or sister a guest in my home. I would not call him a guest. He's family. He's part of our network. He's part of your apostolic team. And um, the brother has been here before many times. He sat on the front row many times. He's preached here many times. And so I just ask you all to stand as we receive Apostle Benny Calloway. Can you all hear me okay? God bless you. Come on, clap your hands and praise the Lord. God bless each of you. We're grateful again to the Lord for this opportunity to be with you all on this morning. We thank God for Apostle Dale and Mother Gia this morning. Let's clap our hands and give them honor. Pray that the Lord will bless and prosper them on their assignment on today. God bless each of you for your presence today. I have been preaching for the past six days, and today is day seven. So if there are a few cracks in my voice, please forgive me. <laughs> but we know that by God's grace, he's going to help us today. I still have a few copies of my um, book, Deeper Awareness. I have some copies available if you'd like to uh, purchase one. And God bless each of you. Aren't you glad to be in the service of the Lord today? I want to invite your attention to 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, and we're going to read two verses there, verses 4 and 5, 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, and we're preaching today from the subject, victory is my identity, victory is my identity, 1 John chapter 5, verses 4. And five, and it reads, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Verse five says, who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. And Father, we pray that you will anoint this word today and that you will minister to every person at the point of their need. Let the Holy Spirit accomplish his intended purpose in every heart, in every life, that we will be reminded and that we will ascertain the truth that we are victorious in Jesus Christ. Bless us through your word as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said amen. amen. Thank you. You may take your seat. God bless you so much. Victory is my identity. We are in the eighth month of the year 2017, and the number 17 in biblical numerology symbolizes overcoming the enemy and attaining complete victory. And there are several biblical passages that support this symbolism, but most, the most important of all is when Jesus overcame the enemy of death. 
And he gained complete victory over the grave when God the Father resurrected him. And on the Hebraic calendar, it occurred on the 17th day of Nisan. So with that in mind, every born-again believer in Jesus Christ should anticipate and allow themselves to experience complete victory in every area of their lives by overcoming all opposition that you will ever face in this coming year. You have to receive this reality in your spirit, accept it in your mind, and declare it with your mouth that I am an overcomer and I have complete victory. You ought to touch somebody and tell them I am an overcomer and I have complete victory. We can no longer speak, think, and live in defeat with the victim mentality because there are no losers in the kingdom of God. Paul asked the question in Romans 8 and 35. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? But then he goes on. He said, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. That word more means to a greater degree. And a conqueror is hypernico in Greek. It means to one who will gain a surpassing victory. Not just to win, but to win with a large and sizable margin. So much so until it has brought humiliation and shame to your opposition, and they're asking themselves, why did they ever have the nerve to contend with you in the first place? And so looking at this text this morning in 1 John chapter 5, John, his name means Jehovah is gracious. And that was evident in the relationship that he had with Jesus because he was known as the disciple who Jesus loved. And he would lay his head on the breast of our Lord during Passover. And when Jesus was on the cross, Jesus trusted John to care for his mother. When he declared to John, behold thy mother. And he told Mary, woman, behold thy son. And John took Mary to his own home. And how many know you're not going to trust anybody with your mama? <laughs> You're going to make sure that she's in good care. And so John himself knew about victory as the last and oldest living apostle and one of the pillars of the New Testament church. He had been banished to the Greek island of Patmos under the rule of Domitian, who was the Roman emperor, prior to the first century because many of the things that the Lord would reveal to him that he would prophesy it was considered as a threat to the Roman government. But God continued to reveal himself to him. And Tertullian, who was one of the early church fathers, he chronicled the fact that John had been dipped in boiling oil in a Roman Colosseum. And it had no effect on him, and he survived the boiling. And consequently, there were many Romans that were converted to Christ because of this supernatural miracle. 
And the emperor was beside himself, and so he banished John. And so John's influence was greater than the emperor's authority. And so that's the difference between authority and influence. With authority, people see you, but with influence, people hear you. And how many know there are a lot of people being seen, but very few are being heard? So it was the Christ in him that could not be defeated because he had the victory. But John writes this epistle in Ephesus prior to his banishment to encourage believers in the love of God and that victory is their identity. Who they are and who they belong to no matter what challenges they have to face in life. And I want to show you in this text today three reasons why victory is your identity. Three reasons why victory is your identity. And when we speak of identity, we speak of distinguishing marks in your spiritual life. We speak of your gifted calling that makes you definitely recognizable, that makes you distinct, that makes you differentiated, that makes you set apart from all others, that you are known for your difference. So the first reason why victory is your identity is because of your position. Because of your position. Here in verse 4, it says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Somebody say position. Victory is a position. It's a viewpoint. It's a perspective. It's a location. It is to be set in the right or appropriate place situationally. He said, for, in favor or to point in a progressive direction, whatsoever the entirety of humankind is at the moment of spiritual conception, born of God. To be born of God is Janeo in Greek. And in the Jewish sense, it means one who brings others over to his way of life. To be converted. God making me and his sons through faith in Christ's work. And when this spiritual transaction takes place, we automatically have the agility and the ability to overcome the world because God, through Jesus Christ, has put us in the right position and has put us in the right station in life. And that word overcome means to prevail mightily, to carry off the victory and to become victorious. This is a continual experience for the believer. Because it has TH on the end, and it means constant and continual tense. So that means that we use our faith to fight from a position of victory. We don't fight to obtain victory because victory has already been given to us. Well, you may ask, what do we fight against? We fight against yielding to negative thoughts, negative words, negative actions, that often derive from our own selves. So you have to fight against yourself 
from having a defeated mindset, from declaring defeated words and engaging in defeated actions. So you have to fight against yourself as well as others. But when you understand that victory is your position, you learn to get in agreement with God about what God says about you. That's what the word confess means. It's homologio in Greek. The word homo means same. It means to speak the same thing as God says. So if God says I'm victorious, I have to say to myself that I'm victorious. So we have to maintain our victory. It means to stress firmness and conviction and uphold this standard in the face of attack or criticism. To sustain against opposition or danger. And there are forces of evil that will come against you through people and through circumstances to attempt to move you from your position of victory. He said that Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And when we speak of the world as cosmos, when we get the word cosmetology or uh, uh, cosmetics, it's an order or an arrangement of things from a human standpoint that stands in opposition to the spirit of God. And that world can speak of the system of religion or tradition or rituals or rules or customs that wants to short circuit the power of God from operating and flowing freely in your life. And so our position in Christ as being victorious believers, that puts us in a position of superiority. So any other system that tries to work against us to move us from our position of victory for us to yield to it, we voluntarily place ourselves in an inferior position because we receive a superior position at salvation. So victory is a position. Secondly, victory is a posture. It's a posture. Here in verse 4, it says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Tell somebody victory is a posture. Posture is an attitude. It is a mood. You, you know how sometimes when people are just being negative and we say, you know, they, they just have an attitude. But you know, there's a such thing as having a good attitude too. So there's nothing wrong with having an attitude it's just what kind of attitude you're having. <laughs> so if you're going to have an attitude, why not have a good attitude? Where it's so contagious until somebody else that has a bad attitude, they'll have a good attitude because they are influenced by your good attitude. That's having a, a posture of victory. You're disposition, your mindset, your way of thinking, your way of believing, being, behaving, and belonging. Because, listen, you can lose without being a loser. You can fail without being a failure. Listen, fail, listen, 
Failing is an event, not a person. Losing is an event, not a person. You can experience defeat without being defeated because defeat is not a person. It's just an event. Wayne Dyer said, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. It's your approach or how you deal with the situation that challenges your faith. It's your viewpoint that determines your through point. You can't get through it until you have the right way in which you view it. It's all in your posture. It's all in your attitude. Because you really don't know what you believe until it's tested. Because the test reveals the legitimacy and the validity of what you really believe. A faith that can never be tested is a faith that can never be trusted. Your faith is like a tea bag. It's not any good until a little hit, hot water hits it. Because when that tea, when that tea bag hits that hot water, it oozes out what it really is. And people can often declare what they believe, but it will be revealed what you believe when the pressure is on. When the heat is on. When you're being criticized. When people are dragging your name through the mud. It is in your ability to stand on principle and not be moved by emotion just because circumstances are occurring in your life at that time that may not be favorable. You have to continue to stand on what you know and what you believe concerning your faith in God because the victory already belongs to you. You overcome the systems by disowning and disavowing everything and everyone that stands in opposition to the word of God and the power of his spirit at work to bring forth fruit in your life. There are times that you have to overcome the world, overcome the systems by disregarding your own self-interest that can often be temporal. And you embrace the divine interests of God that are eternal. And we have to learn to live above the world's influences and standards. Because let me tell you something. The world's influences and the world's standards are so low. And when the world goes low is when the people of God should go high. John said, this is the victory, not that it was the victory or not that it will be the victory. He said, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Our faith in God is our power source as long as it is resting in Christ and what he did for us at the cross that we may be born of God. And so that enables us to maintain our position and posture of victory. Think about this. It is grace that provides the victory, but it's faith that possesses the victory. Let me say that again. Grace provides the victory, 
but faith possesses the victory. Now, God's grace makes victory possible. But it is your faith that takes the victory so you can experience the possibility. Think about this. Grace creates the victory, but your faith has to conform to that victory. Grace releases the victory, but faith renews your mind for victory. It's all in your posture. So victory is a position. It's a posture. And thirdly and finally, victory is a profession. It is a profession. Look with me in verse 5. It says, who is he? who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Tell somebody, victory is my profession. Now, a profession is a verbal affirmation to the truth. Faith is knowing, but believing is doing. Acting upon what you know is true. Believing is putting wheels or hands and feet on your faith. Believing is the moving force of your faith. It moves your faith from park to drive. And so when victory is your identity, when you understand that victory is not what you have, but victory is what you are, you will learn to profess the right thing even when everything around you is going wrong. You have to learn to confess the opposite of your circumstances. When things are not going well, when people are asking you how you're doing, tell them it shall be well. You can't confess how it looks. You have to confess according to your profession. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, Paul said, We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. <laughs> we also believe, and therefore speak. To overcome is to be victorious over all your foes, and you learn to hold fast to your faith against temptations and persecutions, even unto death. So the scripture lets us know that we need not to become victorious. We just need to be. We just need to be victorious. Listen, I don't have to become a Callaway. I was born a Callaway. I just have to be. See, you have to learn to be what you were born. You were born to be an overcomer. <clears throat> it doesn't matter what circumstances in which you were born. It doesn't matter your parentage in which you were born. It doesn't matter what side of the track you were born on. 
It doesn't matter what color you are when you were born. You need to know that you were born an overcomer. God put a divine seed on the inside of you. And every believer in here can identify with me. No matter what journey you've taken in your life, God allowed you to connect the dots by him putting people in your life to help move you from where you were to where you are right now. And when you look back and see how far God has brought you, you ought to give God some praise. I can't holler like I want to, but I can lift my hands and give him praise because I know how far he's brought me. Because when you look at your life, when you went through hell, when you went through high water, when people destroyed you, when they left you for dead, left you holding the bag, when people spoke things over your life, said you would never be nothing, you would never amount to anything. Something inside of you wouldn't let you give up. Something inside of you wouldn't let you give in. Something inside of you wouldn't let you give up. You know why? Because you were born an overcomer. You can't help yourself. You got to rise out of that trouble. You've got to rise out of that circumstance. You've got to rise out of that sickness. You've got to rise out of that disease. You can't help yourself. You can only be what you were born, and that is an overcomer. And if you're an overcomer, you ought to give God a praise in this house. To be or not to be victorious, that is the question. And let me tell you this, the victory is in your mouth. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Let me tell you something. Did you ever suffer defeat in your life because you spoke defeat? There are some things that entered into our lives had nothing to do with the devil. It had to do with what we professed. Listen, because if you profess defeat, defeat will ring your doorbell. So if you want your circumstances to change, you have to change what you profess. But if you want to be victorious, for the rest of this year, even if January to July didn't pan out like you wanted it, from August until December, you need to speak like a victor, think like a victor, walk like a victor, talk like a victor, associate with people who have a victor mentality and not a victim mentality. Stop wallowing in self-pity and feeling sorry for yourself. Acting like a loser because that's not your identity. And God wanted me to let you know today that I can't, I don't know, and I'm not sure, is not in a victorious person's vocabulary. But you need to declare I can, 
You need to declare I will and you need to declare I must. Somebody ought to give God a praise. Nobody else can decide for you whether you're going to be victorious, but you're going to have to decide for yourself no matter what opposition you face in life that will serve as a deterrent to you achieving your greatness in your God-ordained assignment, you've got to use the faith God has given you to receive the blessings that he promised you because victory today is mine. Victory is in Jesus, and since I have Jesus in me, I have the victory. We used to sing a song in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Oh, tell me who can stand before us when we call on that great name. When we call on the name of Jesus, it's proof that we have the victory. Jonathan Nelson said, I've got evidence. I've got confidence. I'm a conqueror. I know that I win. I know who I am. God wrote it in his plan for me and that my name is victory. God gave me the authority to overcome the enemy. He said, I overcome. I know I've already won. I'm a winner, and the Lord won't let me lose. If I wanted to be a loser, I would have gave up a long time ago. But I'm not living to lose. I'm living to win. They can put out any scandal that they want to. They can put out any lie they want to. They can put out any accusation they want to. They can put out any speculation they want to. Over here at Grace Point Church, there is nothing but overcomers. There is nothing but winners. There is nothing but people that are victorious because our victory is in Jesus. This is your year of victory. Winners never quit. Quitters never win. You have victory over sickness, victory over disease, victory over infirmity, victory over debt, victory over a broken home, victory over a strained marriage, victory over a low-paying job. When you overcome your enemy, God will give you complete victory, and that victory will be on time, that victory will be in time, and that victory will be every time. There are a lot of folk that counted you out and said you weren't, you weren't going to make it, but you've got to tell yourself that I am victorious because when you activate your faith, God will activate your victory because victory is your identity. You know what? The devil can't keep a good man down. The devil can't keep a good woman down because when you know who you are and you know whose you are, you know victory belongs to you. And you've got to tell yourself, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm not going to walk away. It's not over until I win. I win every day. I win every week. I win every month. I win every year because victory is my identity. I am destined to win. I am determined to win. I have been deployed by the Holy Spirit to go out into the harvest field and to be able to win souls for Jesus Christ and to come back waving not the white flag of surrender, but waving the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ. 
because when he defeated death, hell, and the grave, he came out victorious over all the power of the enemy. And so since we are sons of God, you ought to wave that blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ as an indication that victory is my identity. Somebody ought to clap those hands and give him praise. I'm done. Stand to your feet. I'm finished. Oh, come on and praise him today, saints. It's yours. It belongs to you. You ought to praise him because the victory is already yours. You don't have to wait on it. You don't have to pray for it. You don't have to beg God for it. It's already yours. And if you know it's yours, you ought to praise him with everything that you got. I've come too far to turn around now. I've made too much progress to lay down now. I've come through too much hell in my life to give up on God because God hasn't given up on me. But victory today. Lord, I better get out of here. I feel like having some church now. See, because them folk on your job, they're going to be in trouble in the morning. Because when you show up, you're going to be walking in the identity that God has already given to you. And when that happens, you don't compromise. You don't negotiate. You don't settle a claim for low-level living. Because in Christ, he has dominion over every principality, every throne, every dominion in the heavenly realm and in the earthly realm. And, and the scripture says that we're seated In heavenly places. Now, it's figurative, it's metaphoric, but it's in your positioning because you know who you are in Christ. You expect doors to open, you expect ways to be made, you expect favor to be extended towards you, you expect God to use people to help move you from where you are to where you need to be because you know who you are. You know what you carry. And most of all, you know what you are entitled to. So if I'm going to ask the ministry team, the elders to come at this time. If, if you want prayer today, it really should be 
about us being in agreement with you. <laughs> because you're making a conscious and, delib and a deliberate decision that I'm going to say what, what God says about me. Because victory is my position, it's my posture, it's my profession. I'm not being arrogant, I'm being confident in what God has given to me. Listen, if he didn't want me to have it, he shouldn't have gave it to me because now I have it, I'm going to flaunt it. Because it's mine. All of us are God's favorites. We're on equal footing in the realm of the spirit. There's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male nor female. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Somebody ought to rejoice about that today. If you want us to pray with you, won't you come today? I don't believe that there is a need that exists in this room today that God cannot meet. If your faith is in a place of acceptance of who you are and what you've been entitled to by the Lord, grace has provided it. Just use your faith to possess it because it belongs to you. So if you want prayer, will you come at this time? Victory is your identity. This is an opportunity for you to live your life from a new perspective, a new vantage point. To allow your spirit to settle in what God has already given you. Those of you that are in the audience, would you lift your hands before the Lord as we pray. Father, thank you today for your word. We pray for these that have embraced your altar today as they exercise their faith to claim and to lay hold of what already belongs to them because of who they are. We pray for our brothers. We pray for our sisters in the audience today that you will minister to them in like manner that we will leave in a divine confidence in who you are in us and what you have gifted us with, what you have placed in us.
that we may begin to engage and complete and fulfill our divine assignment. And we praise you for this day of victory in the lives of your people. And we rejoice today in what you've done for us in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and may his grace and peace be with you.